Welcome to Children's Ministry Monthly. This is a podcast focusing on the needs of the normal, everyday children's minister. Hi, how you doing, folks? This is James, children's pastor in Kansas City, Missouri at Sheffield. Glad that you guys could join us. This is Children's Ministry Monthly, episode 10, brought to you the week of October 26, 2008. And uh, I'm joined by a very special guest host. His name's Mr. Austin, Pastor Austin, actually. How you doing, sir? Doing pretty good. Thanks for joining us. Tell uh, no tell, no the, tell the folks a little bit about yourself. Uh, well, I'm a children and youth pastor in uh, Crew Baptist Church in Crew, Virginia. I was a youth pastor for about three years, and uh, this position doing both children and youth. And so I'm getting my feet wet uh, in the children's ministry and... Uh, been uh, latched onto this podcast ever since I, I started interviewing here, trying to get all the info that I could. So very cool, very cool. Well, we have Austin on because he um, he's posed a very important question, uh, both I believe on uh, CM Connect and then uh, via email and stuff. And it, and it just so happened to be a question that I've been asking myself. I believe a question that every children's pastor comes to because it's almost a crisis question. It's it's one of those questions you ask when you've, uh, I don't know if it's where you've hit the end of your rope, but I know it's one of the questions you ask when you're, um, when you're wondering if you're being, if you're doing what you're supposed to do, when you've put out enough effort, done enough events, done enough, uh, special, uh, what do you call them, programs and things. And then you sit back and you go, okay, am I being effective? And that question is this, uh, what is the point? What is the point of children's ministry? Are we doing it? What is the end result? What are we supposed to be shooting for? And today we hope to, I don't know about answer that question, but at least pose um, our opinions and uh, maybe probably and actually end up asking more questions than we give answers to. Uh, <laughs> Always. But uh, before we get started, I just want to remind you how you can get in touch with the show and how you can interact with us. You can join us online at www.cmmonthly.com. You can go also to cmconnect and uh, dot, I believe it's dot com or is it dot org? Am I losing my mind? You know, I, I can't remember. Uh, I got it written down. Hold on. Um, blah, 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 blah. It is cmconnect.org, O-R-G. And you can join the Children's Ministry Monthly uh, group over there. It's a great uh, social network, kind of a, a, a Christian MySpace just for children's pastors. Uh, you can also email us at cmmonthly at gmail.com or send us a voicemail at 206-600-5704. Uh, we're going to start with some updates, and then we're going to get some news, and then we'll go right into our monthly topic. Um, it's been a couple of months since our last show, and I very much apologize for that. We were sitting down to record last month with Austin, a month to the day from today, just about. And I Was just, it really? yeah, I had a I had a huge family crisis come up. My sister called me. Uh, we were live on the air and everything, and and I says, now, uh, sister, I says. Uh, she says, I'm coming over, blah, blah, blah. I said, is, you know, I'm sitting down to do the show. Is it a big deal? And she says, yeah, it is that kind of a deal. And you know, it was, and, uh, just being prayer for my family and, and, and my extended family, uh, when, when tragedy strikes, you know, I, I believe that our, our enemy is Satan. It's not the people that it happened through or to, and, uh, just, uh, just be in prayer for us and ours. And, uh, I just know it's an attack and we're going to make it through. Uh, but, uh, that's why we're a month behind. At least I have a decent excuse this time. Um, but I wanted to let you know, just in our, in our world, in ministry, uh, our check-in system, we're using parent pager is really paying off. It's doing great. Um, we've had several documented cases, uh, where ki- people trying to pick up kids that they didn't belong to, custody cases, all kinds of stuff. Even one of them, I mean, you just got to understand my church. Uh, w- one situation involves somebody bringing in a, a fake uh, detective uh, to accost this parent that had a baby and the baby belonged to them and on and on and on and all these different stuff. And, and due in part to our checking system, it was just, it was a no brainer who the baby belonged to and what was going on. Um, you know, it, and it really confirmed, I think the Lord uses that kind of drama to confirm to our parents that no, we're not just doing this because the other big churches do it. And because the other churches do, we're not just keeping up with the Joneses. Um, we're doing this because there's a real legitimate need 
and uh, that's that's why we're doing it. I appreciate that. I love the being able to track it and keep track of the kids and all that kind of stuff. Um, the other piece of the puzzle is I've been struggling quite a bit. Uh, recently, our church went from Sunday night every week to Sunday night once a month, and of all things, a second Sunday night. So it's just a little strange. It's just the way we roll. It's how we're doing it. And we just finished up, I think, our fifth one. And so we've been doing this for five months. You're saying, James, what's the deal? Why haven't you gotten used to it yet? No, I have not. Because we've only done it five times. And you guys know when you start a new program and it's weekly, it takes you a month and a half just to get your head on straight. I mean, can you relate to that, Austin? Am I alone there? Oh, absolutely. And yeah, so this, yeah. is, this has been the weirdest thing in the world because it, it's actually harder than a weekly program. Anybody that's done things once a month because it's hard to get a team. It's hard to gel that team together. It's hard to remember what you learned from the month before in order to apply it the next month. And and honestly, we were kind of waiting to see what Big Church was going to do. Um, I think I mentioned on the last show, if they were going to do regular services, then we would do some discipleship-based stuff. We had a certain program that we'd already done that we were just going to adapt. Um, but if they were going to do concerts and events that brought people in, well, we couldn't really do classes. You know, we needed to do rallies. Well, uh, there was no consistency. And so I really, I, you know, I prayed, I, I, I thought, I, I brainstormed. I had to come up with something and this sounds terrible, that was almost independent of what the big church was doing. Something that would work if we had 50 kids or 500 kids. And after getting on cmconnect.org and, and like I said, praying and thinking about it and what was going to work for our kids, I decided to go with something that was very, very basic. The Lord just kind of freed me from having to do anything deeply spiritual. Uh, I was left with the distinct impression that I am not going to be able to build a strong spiritual foundation once a month. And assuming that all my other programs, Sunday morning, first service, second service, and Wednesday night are doing their jobs, I was released to be able to just play games with my kids. And, and of course, to be able to build relationships with them. I was really hit with the idea of doing a four-room rotation, uh, four rooms of games, video games, action games, board games, and then a snack or a food and fun room where they actually play games after they eat. Uh, but it gives our workers a chance to play with the kids and to connect with them. The kid, the, the leaders are actually called team captains. They play video games with the kids. They play the hopscotches. And I got my, my rear end tore up by a second grader in Uno because I had to be a team captain. We were somebody short. So uh, long story short, it's working great. We've only done it once, but it went off without a hitch. And I'm really excited about it. Um, I think it'll be a great opportunity for people to bring friends, you know, for the first time on that particular night. Uh, like I said, it'll it's expandable. It's going to work no matter what. We break the kids up into eight teams, and so the groups are small, even on a big Sunday. So it's really, really cool. I'm really excited hey, can about I, it. Can I ask, jump in and ask a question about that? Sure. Um, are you using – is it basically your same – uh, children's leaders that are doing your other programs that are that are a part of this? We have people that were working every Sunday night that have now just transitioned into doing it once a month. I was very, very blessed. Usually when I change a program that drastically, I lose everybody. Um, right. I, I didn't hardly lose anybody, and I was actually able to call in a lot of the folks that I had. And um, even some folks that had quit uh, my second service recently, one of them for a legitimate reason, he was going to a uh, premarital class during that hour. Uh, he came back on Sunday night. It's once a month and he didn't have a class. So uh, that's how I got my people. It's really cool. Well, it's just great that, they, that the folks that, like you said, are, are week in and week out or you know, discipling and, and mentoring and doing all these things, they get a chance to just sort of hang out. Exactly. And, and get to know him a little bit on, on a different level. That's great. I know I appreciated it because, I mean, seriously, children. every children's pastor can relate. It just, when you've got, I don't know. I don't know if you can or not. If you've got 12 kids, maybe it's different. I've got 200 kids, and I do nothing on Sunday morning except for pretend like I'm speaking to every single one of them individually. And it sounds horrible. <laughs> that sounds terrible, but that's what I do. I try to make them feel like it's just me and them. And it's really not. They're just a mass of kids. And I have to, in my world, I have to rely on my leaders and my, my group leaders to, to make that connection. 
Um, and, and, and because I go to this large church, I miss that. I miss that so much. And, uh, I have to work hard to, to, you know, counteract it. And this has been a great opportunity for me and 12 kids just to hang out. Now, every month we'll randomize the groups again. We, we do it at the door right after we do our real check-in. We just randomly assign kids ages, genders, uh, grades doesn't matter. They are, they're attached to another team captain and we just roll again. And a couple of my leaders weren't crazy about that. And they said, well, how am I supposed to build a relationship? And I'm like, no, it's not about that. It's about them connecting with you. And every single kid in this church, in this group, deserves a chance to get to know you uh, one particular night of the year. So there you go. Yeah. Yeah. You, you know, I'm a, I'm a heck of a salesman. I don't know if I'm right, but I'm, I can sell it to you. <laughs> so anyway, what's That's going right. on in your world, dude? Yeah, well, I was just uh, reading over my uh, ministry updates from last month, um, and uh, it's amazing that you said it's it's been a month. I didn't realize it had been that long. Um, my biggest piece of news um, was actually not children's related. It was youth related, and I had a, a young man who uh, got saved at an event, and um, I guess it was children's related because I met his mom and younger siblings who are in our WANA program. And invited them out to the church, and they came, and uh, through that, uh, ended up meeting this young man. Uh, first event that he came to happened to be just an evangelistic type of, of outreach event, and cool. he became a Christian. All right. And uh, it's now a month later, he's uh, he's just growing. I'm seeing the changes in him. It's, it's just been phenomenal. So, um, uh, you know, my other notes included things like, you know, we started a wanna back up from the summer, but now that's been you know six <laughs> weeks ago or so. <laughs> but um, it's all right. Uh, I did have a note on there. I don't know if you read there, but I, I took took you up on the hundred push up challenge. Uh, and I, uh, how, how, have you okay have you just abandoned ship? <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I mentioned on the last show, but we were doing something called the hundred push up challenge over at nlcast.com, and a lot of folks were doing it kind of along with us and all this. I got up to week five, and when I hit week five, I hit a brick wall. So I started repeating wow. week four, and um, and I kept repeating week four and not being able to really <laughs> beat the mess out of week right. four like I wanted to. Yeah. I quit. You did better than I did, James. I I, I got to week three, day three, oh. and um, I forget what happened, but all, all I know is I, I, I tripled or more um, my initial test by, by the end of that week. And oh. I, I shared a story uh, elsewhere where I actually had to get up on stage at a youth rally and do push-ups, and if it hadn't been – for that daggone program, I would have looked like the biggest voice ever. Okay, yeah, we read that um, on Nobody's Listening. That's Yeah, that's right. So I got to be a hero. Um, okay, you had a and, special uh, guest. They pulled you up on stage in front of all your kids. It was like a basketball yes. star or something, and he was going right. to he, he was gonna front you out in front of everybody. And and he so... Got, oh, no, he probably he probably just thought I was, you know, that I was not a total wuss. He, you know, he says, hey, does, do y'all want him to do push-ups or jumping jacks? And uh, so, of course, they say push-ups. And he says, 5, 10, or 15. And my eyes got real big because I had just maxed out that morning at 17 and uh, was already, you know, wobbly arms and everything. And so the kids all said 15. And so I got down an actually good form 15 without actually uh, collapsing on stage. But uh, that was, I think, at the end of the first week. So the the difference was amazing. But uh, week three, day three, uh, I was supposed to be doing – it was on the older program before they revised it. I was supposed Ah. to be doing like 27 on my third – uh, third time through, right? And I got to like eighteen, and never in my life have I had muscle failure. Oh, I'm talking hit the floor and couldn't. <laughs> I mean, if you'd have had a gun to the back of my head, done I could not one. have gotten. Oh, there's no way. And uh, and uh, for three days after that, I, every time I tried to do another push up, it just collapsed. You know, I could I could do six or seven, and that was. Uh, I think that was about a month ago. Yeah, I was getting up toward thirty and uh, couldn't yeah. couldn't do the thirty six and forty like they wanted you to in fifth week. But another thing I noticed is I I, I have these giant triceps and no biceps at all. It's terrible. Right. <laughs> I feel like Popeye with giant forearms and no biceps. You know, it's just terrible. So exactly. I just need I had exactly. to quit so I could go ahead and and the fat could get back where it needed to go. But. Uh, <laughs> So I'm glad you got somebody saved at your church, man. I didn't know Baptist still yes. did all that, so I'm I'm really impressed. Wow! Oh, uh, wow! Thanks. Wow, that's amazing. 
I'm so joking, dude. Oh, oh you know yeah. what? Anyway, okay, guy, guys in the chat room, y'all got to help me out. Am I the only – those of you that are on CM Connect, am I the only Baptist in there? Oh, goodness. Well, it, all that was was a segue because I was talk. I wanted to talk about my kids. I've got a seven-month-old boy and a three-year-old <laughs> girl, and I think my wife and I have realized what's wrong with them, why they're so crazy. It's They're not Christians, and so uh, maybe I need to <laughs> – that's the thing. They're not saved. They Just figured that out. <laughs> yeah, it's terrible. Hey, let's do some news real quick. Uh, voicemail all right. box. All you have to do is e- uh, talk to us. Call us and let us know. Uh, give us your feedback, your stories, your uh, tips, whatever you want to do. 206-600-5704. You can always email in an MP3 if you want to. Send in your comments, your topic suggestions, questions, comments, anything you want. You can email such things to cmmonthly at gmail.com. You can join our group on cmconnect.org. I mentioned that at the the front of the show. And then I also have a very special announcement that's a little self-serving, but that's okay. CM Monthly, Children's Ministry Monthly, was nominated recently in in, in the religion slash inspiration category over at podcastawards.com. And uh, we'd appreciate your daily vote. Here's the deal. Um, There are 10... Uh, religious slash inspirational uh, podcast. Not all of them are Christians, mind you. Uh, over at podcastawards.com, you scroll down the bottom, you click Children's Ministry Monthly. I believe we're the third one on that list. And you can vote daily from now, I want to say, until Thanksgiving. Maybe it's early November. But uh, I would love for CM Monthly to own. Um, and we could, you could help us if you wanted to. So if you love the show, James, somebody in the chat room is asking what the what the URL is. The URL is podcastawards.com. That's it. Podcastawards.com. All one word. Now, how, how do you get nominated for that? Because I, I think I nominated you, but I'm sure it takes more than one nomination. Yeah, I nominated me too. And then I put out a <laughs> I put out a call for people to nominate us and all that. I, I uh, you know, I make no bones about it. I'm sure there weren't very many religious podcasts being, you know, submitted. I submitted nobody's listening to the comedy stuff. I, I li- listed Geek so Loves Nerd, the show I do with my wife in the family category. They didn't make it. Uh, you know, CM Monthly did. So, uh, yeah, they, they opened up nominations about a month ago, and uh, we got we got. I got to tell you, man, you, you, I know you're, you're very humble. You're talking it down like there weren't a whole lot of religious ones. But I got to tell you if, you, if you look on iTunes, there are a lot of podcasts in that category. Yeah. And they're like you said, they're all over the map, uh, everything from uh, Christian to everything else. But even just within the Christian category, there's a lot of them out there. Yeah, but so. not all of them got nominated. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I, I'm just I'm honored. It's an honor just to be nominated. You know, I can still front and say, you know, nominated as a bed pod, best podcast of 2008 and all that kind of stuff. There but you go. We'll see. Put it on the website. Uh, yeah. Um, oh, we do have a giveaway. I, I, I got every now and then I get stuff for free. And uh, I wanted to give give this away to somebody. It was freely given, so I will freely give it away to you. What I have is, it's called EC3, Essential Collection Number 3 from AnimationFactory.com. It has 12 CD-ROMs full of animated clip art and still clip art. 12 CD-ROMs. Categories are people, uh, and, and that's A through Z, D through M, M through Z, Category animals, aquatic animals, hobbies and events, sports, games, music, religious schools, science, buildings. I mean, it, there's just too many to mention. Alphabets, accents, it dividers. It's huge. I'm showing it on uh, C- on our Ustream feed right now. Uh, I got this free as signing up for a year at animationfactory.com. I'd love to give it away. All you have to do is email me this month at cmmonthly at gmail.com. Just email me. I'll pick one at random, mention it on the next show, and email that sucker out to you. We're going to try to start giving away stuff like this. But, uh, you know, I use these animations in uh, PowerPoint, and I use them when I do scripture pictures. Instead of just using um, stuff that's drawn or uh, stuff that's like, you know, pi minus p and all that stuff, I try to find literal uh, pictures that are a little easier. And if they're animated, hey, much rather better. So uh, email us, and uh, we'll give it to you. If uh, well, we only have one, so <laughs> yeah. Uh, topic this month is is what's the point? What's the purpose of children's ministry? And um, I don't know. How do you want to ha- tackle this? You want me to go first, or you want to throw something in, or or what? How well, do you want to do you, it? Why don't, why don't we give everybody a little bit of background? And you think you sort of uh, mentioned that? Okay. that uh, I, like I said, I've been in uh, children's ministry officially since February. Um, I've, I've uh, was a 
camp pastor at a children's camp and a counselor and, and various other positions for four summers. But other than that, uh, this is my first real um, time in children's ministry. And I spent three years as a youth pastor. I read a lot of books, went through a couple conferences, uh, took a class, you know, did the whole thing. And I got a real good foundational, you know, theory of philosophy of youth ministry, that kind of thing. And even some nuts and bolts to go along the way. But, but when I got here and started uh, looking online, um, you know, hitting, uh, you know, the, the bookstores, hitting the online bookstores, and looking in the children, children's section, uh, if you can find a children's Bible and uh, their section on object lessons, you've oh, and VBS, you've exhausted <laughs> their materials. There's like no books out there that I could find at first, and um, so I went to see him connect and was just asking around. You know, how not so much how do we do what we do, but what are we doing? Right. And because to me, I've got to know that I've got to get I've got to get the philosophy. Um, behind it before I can even work on the nuts and bolts. And so, um, like I said, I've been listening to the show for a while and um, thought it might be a, a, a good topic. Started picking your brain and you said, hey, you know. Oh, I'm passionate uh, about this. Yeah. Take it to the show. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm eager to, to, to hear and, and to um, – the interesting thing is, you know, in the past month, that's probably the area um, waiting for the next show. Um that's probably been the area that I've grown the most in the last two months. Wow. Um, really focusing in on, on those questions. And well, when we seek God, you know, and we, we seek him, we'll find him if we seek him with all our heart. Right. And, and, you know, yeah. he empowers us when we have these kinds of questions. I, this is something that's dear to my heart because I've gone through the last couple of years where I am really asking that question hard. Um, yeah, I just want to be a good steward over my energy over the word that I'm putting out and over uh, the amount of money I'm spending. And I, I've really become jealous. I don't know if that's the right word of the time that I have with my kids versus the time other people have with them. Um, I literally made bands on, on uh, made of beads and I put a bead on there for every, um, every hour in a week uh, and and the white beads were the hours that they were away at school, at home, sleeping, whatever. And I put a red bead for the four hours. If they came to every single service, every single time the door was open, uh, Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night, assuming they came the most, there was only four beads on that on that bracelet and the rest right. of them. Um, I, gave, I made one of those for every one of my leaders at one point to push the point that we've got to make the most of the time we're here. So my question has been, okay, what do I need to do when they get here? What is the point? Not really how I do it because we all do it different and we can argue about that. We can compare, you know, I have a dance team. Well, I have a drama team and I have a puppet team and we're going out in the streets. Well, we don't have any streets. We're staying in. Uh, we're doing Awana. We're doing Rangers. We're doing Missionettes, whatever it is. I, I, it, what is the point? Those Baptist guys aren't doing nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Awana is <laughs> awesome, by the way. I used to do Awana. We, we had a, non yeah. a, a little non-denom church that was probably, you know, the same look and feel of your average uh, Southern Baptist church. So I, uh, I'm i all about it. I did and worship, actually. I, I don't actually. know if Awana is actually, is that a specifically Baptist? And I don't think it is. I think it's, I think it's, it may, yeah. it may function out of it, but I've, just like in the AG I mean, with Rangers several. and Missionettes, you know, there's Methodist churches and other churches that, you know, use yeah. that program. Yeah. So not a big deal. I do, know, I do know that it's a big one with Baptist church in the last uh, four that I've been in, we've had it. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, again, this is something I'm very passionate about, something I've been asking God about, and um, it does it is different than a lot of stuff. But I, what I first went to the I went to the Bible and I asked, "What does God say to children?" Because that's that's ultimately what we're trying to do is connect kids with God. Um, so what is He saying to them? And I came up with let's see one, two, uh, two things. There's only really two things God's saying to kids. And, you know, somebody smarter than me might might uh, disagree or have more to add to it. But as I scoured, I only really hear two things. The first one is obey your parents. Obey your parents. It's uh, Ephesians 6, 1 through 3. Children, do what your parents tell you. This is only right. Honor your father and mother. It's the first commandment that has a promise attached to it, namely, so you will live well and live a long life. 
And I remember when I was a kid and I would read that and I'm like, what's the deal? Why did we connect live a long life with that promise? Now, this is a little bit of a rabbit trail, but if you grow up in the inner city, um, or you you do ministry in the inner city, and you see enough young black men get shot down in their prime before they even get a chance to begin their life. Um, you realize, uh, and it's not, it's a, I say black men because we've lost like four this year, and it's just killing me. Um, but uh, it's not just that gen- race before somebody sends me some hate mail. Uh, I'm just saying, if you don't understand authority, if you don't understand how authority works, you're not going to live very long. That's what that's really come to mean to me. Um, but if we understand authority, we obey rules. We're in the right place at the right time. We stay alive longer. Now, granted, these boys uh, that passed, uh, it was just they were good kids. But one was doing a traffic accident. Another one, his uncle shot him in the head accidentally after hitting him with a gun. And um, another guy was at prom and was a victim of a drive-by. And I can't remember uh, the last one right now off the top of my head. Uh, God is telling kids to obey their parents. And the reason why is because they have to understand authority. The reason why is because any grown-up that goes to any kind of therapy because they're screwed up will tell you their entire life was influenced by the kind of parents they had. And your relationship with God's foundation or your, your relationship with God, its foundation is the relationship you have with your parents. Anybody that's ever been to any kind of therapy, like I said, that's dealt with how they feel about God, I guarantee you it all tied back to the way your dad treated you, or the way your mom treated you, or the way they treated each other, or the way maybe you didn't have a connection with them at all, or maybe they were judgmental and you think God's judgmental. And so God is trying to tell kids to obey their parents, to honor them. Uh, to respect them, to do what they've told, been told, because they learn obedience, which is huge with God. God considers the highest form of spirituality to be simply obedience. It's not how high you lift your hands and how much you dance or how tall, how loud you speak out and and or in your prayer language or not or whatever. It's all about obedience with God, and the rest of that is just a, is extra. It's icing on the cake. Um, the second thing. In, in, in that I saw was study and show yourself approved. Study and grow. Gain in wisdom. Getting wisdom is the most important thing you can do. And whatever else you do, get good judgment. That's Proverbs 4-7. Uh, wisdom is not the same as being smart, obviously. Uh, being smart would, being, would be like, uh, I know... Um, the ingredients for a cake being wise. It would be know how knowing how to put those together and, and create that cake. Um, basically those are the two things that I found that God is saying to kids, obey your parents, study and grow. Um, cause here's the thing. Uh, Oh, what was I going to say? I'll, I'll just say this, that when we balance those against what God is saying to parents, then it comes full circle. Because what is God saying to them? God's saying, raise up a child in the way he should go. When he's old, he will not depart from it. And then God's telling parents or telling children to uh, honor your parents and obey them and listen to them and all that kind of stuff. Uh, Our job, more and more, I realize, is not to direct kids to Christ. Don't turn off the show. Let me explain. (laughs) My job is not to direct children to Christ. It is to teach families and to support families that are directing their kids to Christ. I have four hours with them, people. How come we keep getting burned out as children's pastors? It's because we're carrying a burden that we shouldn't carry. We are not the primary source of spirituality. We shouldn't be, even though we stink and are. And I know we're doing the best we can, but I will not carry that burden. I cannot. I am there to support what God is doing in those kids' families. I'm there to connect with those parents. I'm there to give them the tools that they need. Now, am I? are we a big family-oriented worship church? No, we're not. God, I wish we were, but we're not there yet. But I'm telling you this right now. Um, I don't want my child to come to the front in children's church and accept Jesus. I want to lead my child to Christ. That's right. Now, Pastor James, not all the kids are like that. Not all the kids have parents like that. I understand that. But I'm saying statistics prove it. The Bible here says it. I can't. I can't. Here, here's, here's where we're at. My job more and more, again, is to help tr- families learn how to raise their children. Um, if I am the only source of spiritual growth, then yes, I'm not not doing altar calls. I'm not, you know, avoiding uh, a relationship with Christ. But what I'm saying is uh, that that is my job is to present the gospel. My job is to put it out there. And it's the Holy Spirit's job to do the work. 
Uh, I may reap it. I may not. Um, my job is to teach kids to obey their parents. And my job is to help them learn the ways to study and grow. My job is to support what the families are doing. Um, I truly believe that. I can't, out, I can't love a kid more than that parent will let me. Can't do it. When that kid comes of age, he can make that decision. But everything from Barna and all and on and on says that if it's not going on in the family, it's not going to happen. How many of you guys out there have kids that pay attention in your children's ministry, but the parents, when they get around the parents, they go nuts? Um, I know you have kids of the opposite of that. I didn't ask about that. <laughs> that that are that are n- uh, good around the parents, but nuts around church. Um, I uh, all I'm trying to say is that if I I can make a kid be good in my class, but that's not necessarily going to transfer outside the church. I can teach kids foundational stuff, but it's not necessarily going to be going home. Not unless that parent picks up the torch that I lit and and goes home and says, okay, what'd you learn? I'm going to enforce it. I'm going to back it up. How much better would it be if that parent was doing that already? And then when they heard me talk about it, I was just reinforcing what they said. Now, James, you're living in a fantasy world. That's not the way it is. But I'm just telling you guys there's a better way than the way we're doing it right now. And yes, I still direct kids to Christ. And yes, I still have altar calls. And yes, everything focuses on that. But I'm telling you, I've begun to weave that into every single thing that I do. Obedience to your parents and to those in authority and studying and growing. Just today, we did the same thing. We talked about ways that you can get wisdom, ways that God guides you, because I was raised in church, and a lot of people used God's name in vain. I believe they did it. They said, you need to obey God. They said, you need to have a relationship with God. You need to connect with God. But to a kid that is just too dang abstract, I'm sorry. It just is. We got these lower elementary kids, and they're connecting with this big invisible dude that they think looks like Santa Claus, and they're wondering why he doesn't answer them when they talk. He does. He, they're wondering why when they pray for ice cream for dinner that he doesn't respond to it. It's because we're, in my opinion, we're giving them a little bit of a false idea of what this is all about. We're, we're expecting them to believe more than they can, but they can connect with a living, breathing parent. They can understand uh, the consequences for bad behavior and the rewards for good behavior with a family member. Um, And then later, as they mature and as they approach fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth grade, um, we can start talking about that. Now, see, there's some churches, and this is where I'm going to step on some toes. You're so busy teaching kids how to be demon destroyers and, and overcomers and these spiritual warriors that you're forgetting that their parents aren't even there yet. And you're trying to overeducate those kids to a point that they're literally, they don't have the mental capacity, much less the spiritual capacity to even handle it. Nowhere in the Bible do I see kids uh, uh, overcoming anything. They're just being loved on and accepted and trained. And they're being held accountable. And they're being accepted. Um, I don't know. This is something that's, that's just a big deal to me. I was raised in a... Go ahead. I'm sorry. That's right. I, um, the 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 difficulty that I'm having because this is this is a new theme in youth ministry as well. Okay. Uh, some of you guys out there that may be dabbling in youth know that family ministry is the new buzzword. Um, I have a friend. Uh, I hope he's hope he's listening to this. Um, he he asked me the other day, "Why aren't you doing family ministry at your church, Austin?" And I said, "You don't know what family ministry is more than I any more than I do." And uh, there's some debate out there about how it looks and what it's going to be, and I'm starting to see the same ideas being applied to children's ministry. And I don't mean that as a, as a criticism, but what I mean is, how does it work? Because um, I asked a professor of mine the other day, uh, if this is the case, um, what's the pastor doing? If I if it's my job to train the parents how to raise their kids, then why am I there? Well, why am I not? The pastor and 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 may, you know and maybe that's the disconnect that I'm that's I, I know that honestly I oversimplification right? I haven't ta- I haven't said a word about family ministry I have not talked a bit about it um, because what I'm what I'm actually talking about is my job and my responsibility in supporting parents um, my job is not to lead a family ministry um, you just okay. said it right there in in reality. Those parents see because, oh, my problem with family ministry is families, this sounds weird too, but parents don't always know what's best for their kids. 
They don't. I don't. Sometimes I'm so focused on getting my kid to bed that I didn't let her brush her teeth. I don't always do what's right for my child. Sometimes I do what's convenient. And I'm a good parent. And I I live and breathe and work with these parents that even do less than that. And they want they don't want to check their kid in. They want to drop them off and go. And so what do we where do we go with that? What about the parents? I mean, if if you're listening to this and you're disagreeing with me, it's that one key that what about the parents that don't care? Well, it is that pastor's job. It's the church. It's got to be from the top down. Um, right. But here, here's the thing. Until we get that perfect church, and some of you may be in it, I, I bless you, and I, I'm jealous of you. Um, <laughs> in the meantime, I'm, I'm backing off with my kids on, I'm not talking about Revelation. I don't believe that I should be teaching kids things that they don't have the capacity to understand. I'm not teaching the Gadarean demonic right now. I will never in first through fifth grade, and, and you can do it different if you want to, but I'm not talking about demons in my children's church. If I talk about the rapture, I will preach about it as the party in the sky. You know what? The middle school guy, the high school guy can do that. If they want to, the parents at home can do that. I'm not going to talk about premarital sex in my preschool and in, in my elementary school and preschool rooms. I'm just not going to do it. There's some topics I'm going to wait on and I'm not going to touch on, but I am going to give them the tools they need to know that God loves them, that he is there for them. I'm going to tell them about obeying their parents and following that lead. And I'm going to put that pressure on the parents, the parents are the ones that need to be staying up at night stressed about whether they were, um, if they were good that week, if they made an impact in their kids' lives. Not me. Not me. Now, I still do it, <laughs> but I'm telling yeah. you, uh, there's well, so they, many kids, uh, children's pastors out there getting burnt out on this because they're wondering, why aren't kids coming to Christ? Why aren't they living it outside the doors of the church? Why are they still right, getting in fights? They're, they're trying to be the parent to all of their kids within their ministry. Well, we're trying and, to fill in the gap that, that the church has right. allowed the parents to create. And right. so, well, mm. I guess er- earlier though, you mentioned that, you know, a part of our job more and more is training families, how to train their children. Mm-hmm. And so what is, what does that mean on, are, are you saying that our job as far as the church or our job in the no. children's ministry? I'm saying what I said is children's ministry is my job is to support what the parents are doing. Okay. It's the pastor's job to make sure the parents are doing what they're supposed to be doing. Gotcha. Because it's like an announcement from the stage. If I make the announcement, 10 people show up. If the pastor makes the announcement, 150 people show up. Right. That's the that's the anointing. That's the, the influence that God has given that pastor. And I can sit there and I can shout from the low end of the totem pole that we need to be doing this and we need to be doing that. And a few parents that were already doing it will, will agree and they'll continue and they'll join in. Um, but that's just got to be from the top down. Now, you know, don't get frustrated about this podcast, people. I can just hear some of you out there going, but you know, my pastor, I can't even get him to, to, to stand up for children's ministry on a good day about anything. You know, how am I supposed to deal with this and blah, blah, blah. You know, just pray through. Here's what I want you to take away from this folks is take the pressure off of you. Take the pressure off of you. Um, it's the Holy Spirit's job to convict and change your people. It's His job. Your job is just to present it. I'm just helping you, in, and I think it's more than just my opinion. I really think these are the two primary things that God is trying to tell kids, and if we can push that to them, we will set them up to win. We will, we will allow the middle school guy or the high school guy to do his job. We got kids. I, I went to Sunday. I went to... Um, Summer camp. I, I did a lot of camps, and and I kept getting blessed at these altar services. And in the AG, we we really emphasize those things. And we have the kids come down, and kids are praying, and they're sweating, and they're crying, and they're doing all this stuff. And it's beautiful, and you can feel God there, and on and on and on. But I I ended up in tears every night because I'm like, God, we still are losing eighty percent of these kids, Dad Gummit. We're still losing eighty percent of them. What are we doing wrong? What is wrong with this right here? Why isn't this working? And I wonder, I just wonder if it's because when they get home, it's not there. Have, 
there's n- and I believe those experiences are real. But what about when the parents are fighting in the next room? What about when that mom goes to the, the to boats? That's what's here in Missouri. When they go to the boats and leave the kids here, what happens when the car doesn't work and the mom is just cussing and freaking out? What happens when dad leaves and the dog runs away and the pet dies and the teacher uh, has, has pigeonholed that kid to where they can't rise above anything other than being the bad kid in class? Where's God at in those situations? And if we've taught those kids that, that they can learn and grow and we've given them focus and purpose, when we've taught them to look to their parents for everything, when every television show and every movie anymore doesn't even have parents in it that revolves around kids. High School Musical 2, great show. Where's the parents at? Where, and the only parent that wasn't there was the dad and he's an idiot that messes up uh, the, the son in both movies anyway. Um, we need to get these p- kids connected to their parents and then we need to trust God to do his job and get those parents. I'm just telling you, when my daughter asks me a question, I come up with an answer. And if those kids aren't asking the question of their parents, they're going to ask us. And yes, we have the answer, um, but we don't have the right one. I'm telling you, tell that parent and let that parent tell it. It'll last forever. We say it, it lasts for Sunday. This is just where I'm at. I, I believe it. I believe it with all my heart. I'm sorry I'm talking too much, but I'm passionate about this stuff. I don't want my kids to go to hell. You know, we, we say it in children's department all the time I, I, when I'm trying to scare my workers into following procedure. I say, if, if we lose one, it's too many, even if we lose one. And and then I, I have to say the thing, same thing about their soul. Dad Gummit, if we lose one, it's too many. If we lose one, and I'm to the point where I was talking to a kid just today. She she came up and she was hugging my neck, and I'm like, are you in eighth grade now? She goes, no, Pastor James, I'm in 10th grade. And I scream like a girl out loud because, first of all, I felt really old. And second, it blew my mind how long I've been doing this. And I know there's people who have been doing it a lot longer. But, you know, God is proving some of this true in the lives of my kids because they're not growing up jaded. They're not growing up on the back of the row. Nothing scares me worse than a church kid that's been raised in church. They've seen God move. They've seen all the miracles, supposedly. They've seen the emotions. They felt it, and da 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 and they weren't impressed, and it didn't make a change. How are we going to reach those kids if we've burned them out on the icing of what spirituality is and haven't taught them about the core of obedience and connecting with their family and learning and growing. I, I, I'm sick of people getting to past high school, getting through college, having kids, and then getting right with God. It's too late then, people. It's too late then. We got to start them young. And it's not, I don't know, my three-year-old daughter right now does not have the ability to connect with Jesus Christ. I don't care what you say. My daughter can't do it. Just the other day, she told me, I don't love Jesus anymore. And I didn't freak out about that. But that's what she told me. And I just said, well, why not? And she says, because he never comes over. Every, all, he's my friend and he doesn't come over. And I'm like, well, he's up in heaven making a place for you. He's fixing up heaven. So when we go there, blah, blah, blah. And I just told her a little nugget, little piece. And that has become a permanent part of her belief structure now. She knows Jesus loves her and he's working. He's busy, she said. I said, exactly. But he always hears us when we pray. Well, two days later, she comes back with, I don't like Jesus. And I'm like, why next time? And she says, because he doesn't talk back to me. Watch. And she's three people. And she says, Jesus Jesus, see, he didn't say anything. And I had to I had another opportunity to speak into her life. Well, if That's parents awesome. if parents don't even know how to do that, if they don't even know how to weave Christ into the into the everyday like that in those moments, see, I can never be there for those 200 kids I minister to, those 250 kids. I can never be there in those moments when that when that heart's door opens and that question comes out. I can't be there. And by the way, I am screwed, people, because she's already talking like most middle schoolers at three, so pray for me. (laughs) I don't love Jesus because he won't talk to me. I was asking those questions at 20. God, where are you? Where's your voice? I can't hear you. Uh, So I'll shut up. I think I've said, I think you've gotten the gist of me. I'm a psychopathic uh, children's pastor. Just repeat after me, everybody who's listening. Thank God Pastor James is not my children's pastor. Okay. (laughs) That's, That's all you got to say. Well, all right. So, um, what somebody mentioned in the in the chat room just a minute ago about um, you know obeying your parents in the Lord, and they made the comment when the parents aren't in the Lord, it makes it kind of tough. Um, you know what? What do you do to sort of make that connection? Because my I'm with you. My my default position is I don't care. I don't care what the parents are doing. 
I am never going to be the wedge between that right. kid and their parent. And when they come to me and they say, you know, uh, you know, some of the examples that you gave, you know, uh, my mom was doing this last night, and you know, and it's just horrible, and it right. breaks your heart to hear it. But right. I still say, you know, that's that's you can that's honor right. anybody. You can honor exactly. anybody. We honor dead exactly. people all the time, you know, Lincoln and, right. and, and then, the presidents and stuff. So you can honor somebody that's not living for Christ. And and see, God has set it up. You can talk to him about it later. I didn't do it, but God set it up. And if he gave somebody a good kid that was a bad parent, I honestly think that's the way he does it anyway. He gives all the bad kids to the good parents because he knows they can handle them. <laughs> and he gives the good kids to the bad parents because he knows they wasn't going to be able to do nothing with them anyway. Um but, uh, so yeah, I mean, th- that's the thing is, you know, I won't ever, I, I always point them back to, to mom and dad, like you said. Right. Um, you know, I have kids that, you know, uh, in the past that were new Christians, and I knew mom and dad had, had no clue about the Bible. Um, they were not saved. They had never been to church in their life, but they were talking, you know, their kids were talking to me about things. And I'm saying, did you talk to your mom and dad about that? Because, you know, your mom and dad know things about you that I don't. Right. I can give you the Bible perspective. But so you can do that on the child's level. But but how do you bring that back around full circle? I guess maybe it goes back to the pastor, you know, and, and, and I, I don't know. I, I, parent back in. Again, I think we're I think we're expanding the topic a little bit and that's fine. I'm just saying yeah. I'm not I'm not talking about my pastor's job right now. I'm talking about our yeah. piece of this puzzle and I know that's where we want to go. We want to we want to give them back to their parents, but we want to make sure the parents are going to do right with them because see we still own them. And right. that's not where we're at. That's not our job. Our job is to to direct those kids toward their parents. And my point was when 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 the when the kids start asking the questions of the parents, it's going to it's going to I believe it's going to make sure it's going to make it's going to build a need in them to be able to answer those questions. They're going to come back yeah. to you. Um, but if I'm answering all the questions, if I'm there for those children every single time, it's like my check-in folks and stuff. Sometimes I'm there early, so I set check up check-in up, and I probably shouldn't because then when the check-in people get there late, everything's done and they never think, "Oh, I was missed. Maybe I should get here early." And if we keep filling in all the gaps for all the parents, um, and we and we answer all the questions, um, they're never going to need us. And I've noticed, you know, since I've started changing just a little the way I do I do things, I get less and less of that. I get more parents coming to me asking my opinion rather than bringing their kid with me saying, tell him, blah, 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 blah. They're asking me so they can go and repeat what I've said. And that's fine. That's fine because that's the difference between light and dark, if you ask me. It's the difference between lasting an hour and lasting the rest of their lives. Uh, I used to get the calls, as, you know, or no, I used to get a parent coming to me with a kid. Tell them that Pokemon's bad. You know, and I'm like, well, I can't do that because it's not. But secondly, um, uh, now I get the questions, you know, hey, tell me about Bakagon or whatever the heck the new thing is and tell me about it. I mean, I've got even pastor's wives calling and asking about it. And, you know, I get to do my research and I tell them and then they make an informed decision and they decide if that's right for their family or not based on their own sense and the Holy Ghost. And that's the way it's supposed to be. I think God is going to bless it. You were asking how we get kids to honor parents that aren't good. I've dealt with that. We've got kids. I've, I used to work in youth ministry, so I got to cheat. I got kids that are now married that, that used to live with parents that didn't honor God, but they still honored their parents. They obeyed them because even bad parents love their kids, except for... For the horrible ones, okay? There's always exceptions, so don't go nuts on me. But um, you still honor your parents. You don't talk bad about them. You're not hateful towards them. You honor them because you know how that's going to play out with a relationship with God because how many of us have been in a part in our lives where we thought God maybe had turned his back or that God was maybe even angry with us because of sin that we couldn't get rid of and we forget that he's loving and kind. But if we have learned to love a parent that's unlovable, even how much more are we going to be able to trust a God that loves us no matter what? even if we don't feel like it. Do you see how it all comes full circle? I just know that I didn't set up the system. I believe in it. And if we can get parent kids to, to learn how to function in that relationship with, with their parents, it will directly translate into their relationship with God. If they have stinky parents, yeah, we're going to have to deal with that later on. But that's going to be middle school guy's job and high school guy's job. Ha, ha, ha. All I want to do is build a foundation. I'm out of luck because I'm the one guy. Well, so. good. That's awesome. Um, my yeah. my my mission statement in children's ministry is very simple, and some may mock it. I'm not a big mission statement guy, but it's this. I want to make sure your kids stay saved after elementary school. 
because every kid, every kid saved in elementary school, every kid, you know, will, will respond to the altar call. I don't know about your church, but I could, if I said it right, I could ask people, kids to ask the Easter bunny into their heart and half the kids would walk down and do it. So you can't tell me that they understand about how to be overcomers in Jesus Christ yet. I'm sorry. They don't. God gave you a family and parents or guardians or God forbid foster parents and all these different things um, to teach us about the way life works and about the way the world works. It's a little tiny environment that teaches us about the big world and we get punishments and we get rewards to teach about consequences and, and eternal rewards. Um, I don't know. The, the point of children's ministry, I believe, is to direct the hearts of kids toward the parents. I really believe that. And, and as a result, we are doing God, helping God do his job of directing uh, those kids' hearts to God. Do we still do altar calls? Yes. Do we still teach about Jesus and his love? Absolutely. My service looks a lot like yours. But because I have this underlying understanding, I weave these two things into everything I do. It, it is it is a course, studying and growing. So all that Bible reading, prayer, uh, you know, teaching them about Christian friends and their parents and me and other pastors. And, and you know, obviously, I mean, same stuff you're teaching. It just... I don't know. Maybe I emphasize it just a tad more, um, but it's becoming a core value of mine, and it allows me to get parents and kids together. And um, and I just trust God to take and 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 bless the part of the job that I'm doing. I don't know. I used to believe that children's ministry was maybe the worst thing that ever happened to uh, parental involvement with kids. I even put a big post up on CM, cmconnect.org, yeah, on and I don't think anybody got my point. My point is that we're doing the parents' jobs, people. And we've got to stop. And if we don't, they'll never do it. We're, we're in America where everything is done for them. Parents don't teach their kids piano. They take them to a piano teacher. They don't teach them football and soccer. They take them to those classes. And they don't teach them about Jesus. That's what we're for. That's got to stop. It's got to stop. That's right. I don't take, you know, I don't teach them math. I got school. You know, it's, we're, we're not the same as that. We're not that. We can't do it. And and you know what? In the AG, the stats are, don't lie. 80% of our kids are gone at 18. I don't believe we lose them at 18, people. I believe we lose them in 6th and 7th and 8th grade in middle school when they start critically thinking. And But they have to keep coming to church until they get out of high school. I think that's when we lose them. Yeah, and that, that stat, by the way, is, is pretty well true across the evangelical okay. board. It's not just within the Assembly of God. Well, it's, I, just, uh, I was hoping we were Barn worse than you. Yeah, Barn is showing it across the board pretty okay. much. Um, Freshman year of, of college, uh, we're losing just vast majority. Of Why is that? Why is that? Because we 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 didn't we didn't make it a home thing. It, it's not they they they're borrowing our faith. They're believing what we tell them, but they haven't lived it and breathed it. It wasn't there twenty four seven. It wasn't there in the middle of the night when they cried out. It wasn't there when they were sick. It was there on Sunday and Wednesday, and that was it. And that's why it's wrong. That's why it's something got to be changed. And in my opinion, this is the beginning. It's not the end all. It's not the be all. But what is God saying to children? If you can ask that question and go to the scriptures and start there, I think you'll end up somewhere close to where I'm at right now. There you go. <sighs> All right. Deep breaths, deep breaths. Yeah, yeah. Do you have anything to add, subtract, and multiply or divide before we go into some feedback from peoples? Um, no. Um, <laughs> I think you've pretty much said it. But <laughs> Okay, uh, let me read this. I'm afraid to say anything else. <laughs> yeah, you'll launch me on another tirade. I, I just, I don't know. I'm not any better than anybody else. You know, you guys know I'm just a guy just like you doing it. Uh, I just know the that guy with the mic. I, so. <laughs> I wasted, <laughs> I wasted a lot of time and a lot of energy and a lot of drama carrying this burden of being the only person to do this job. And, and there was, though I thought I was being humbled, I was actually being prideful. I'm thinking that I know better well, than God and I don't, I, I don't know better than their parents and I can't out love those kids. I can't love those kids more than their parents allow me. Anybody that's done bus ministry. On a similar note, you know, on, on the uh, on the midsize church end of things, um, there's there's a similar uh, tendency that, that youth pastors uh, tend to have. Um, I guess maybe with children's pastors as well that uh, that we try and do all the work 
and not only are we taking everything out of the parents' hands, but we take everything out of our leaders' yeah, hands, even our, our volunteers. volunteers. Yeah, yeah, and and it comes it comes from the same uh, mindset that um, we're um, we can do it. We can do the whole thing, you know. And and I think you talked about that one. Time. Yeah, I think that was our last show actually. And it, it, the point, it? Yeah. yeah, the point that I got out of that is that that's pride. Even when you're trying yeah. to take it away from them because you don't want to ask them to do it, the Lord showed exactly. me that was still pride because you're saying, "Well, nobody else can handle this pressure like I can. I'm better than yeah. them." And that's the and that was part. that was probably the biggest lesson that I learned um, from from uh, my last ministry to here. And I just determined when I got here, and I told them all through the interview process, and I've told them every day since I got here that I cannot do this job on my own, and I won't do this job on my own. And I've I've just determined that uh, you know if I don't have the the right involvement and backup, I I can make certain things happen, and I'm just not going to do it. And I think maybe that's kind of a similar approach that, that you're talking about there where, you know, we, we can't just say, well, if the parents aren't doing it, we're going to do, you know, fill in the blank mm-hmm. because then it's like you said, it, it never will get done by them because no. why would they, if you're already doing it? Yep. And, um, and if you, know, you had, if you need proof of that, I think that's where we are. I think we are doing the job that God intended the parents to do. And you know what? Yeah. 50 years ago, 80 years ago, before there was even children's ministry, kids were getting saved and they were getting saved yep. sleeping under the pew. Okay. They were getting saved in a service that was in no way connected to them at all. And I don't blame the downward spiral of today's youth on children's ministry. But what I'm saying is it has, it, it, there's gotta be a correlation somewhere we pulled the kids out of the big church. They're not there learning from their from their leaders. The parents are not having to deal with the kids during worship. The kids aren't watching the parents, you know, worship. There's this disconnect between the family, uh, and we're in there somewhere in the middle. And I don't think you know anything's going to change. I don't think the answer is canceling children's ministry, but I think the answer is in us doing our job to point. Okay, if you need answers, go to mom and dad. Even if it's even if it's you call them after service and say, you know what, little Billy asked me a question, and I know the answer, and and he's going to ask you, do you need any advice or do you need to know some scriptures? You know, I don't know. I just know that that's going to last forever. That's what God's going to bless. He's not going to bless me getting in the way. I'm sorry, he's not. That's right. All right, uh, here we go. Hey, James, I just listened to the podcast. Listen to all nine episodes in less than 48 hours. I'm only 17, but I'm a volunteer for Kids Blitz, the K through 5th youth program at my church. Uh, copyright infringement, I believe. There is a Kids Blitz out there. Um, I want to be a youth leader when I grow up. Uh, the way I got started as a volunteer for the Kids Blitz program is kind of an interesting uh, interesting story. I was doing a fundraiser at the church for a missions trip one afternoon, and directly after the fundraiser was Kids Blitz. I hadn't got out of the house all week, uh, so I didn't feel like going home yet. I'd uh, been repeatedly invited by my mother, who helps out with the program, uh, to join the crew, so I decided to use the opportunities as an excuse not to go home, and I stayed to help out. I loved it. It was fun, exciting. I'm glad to finally be involved. Um, I do it every week now, and the reason it's so exciting for me is because there were over 15 kids there, and they told me that it was a slow week. We've had as many as 30 kids. Now, for you, James, I'm sure that's not exactly... or. That's not exciting, Mr. I have a heart for small churches with only 2,000 members and a youth program <laughs> <laughs> requires 127 volunteers. Actually, it's 137. I've been to talk to you about that, yeah. <laughs> uh, ha, ha, ha. The he podcast says, for every, uh, everyday ordinary children's minister. Oh, wow. Kids. He says, ha, ha, I'm just There's joking with you. In my church. People in my church. Uh, but anyways, I grew up with this church, and I was there. Uh, age and I wasn't even there wasn't even a weekly youth program back in the day, um, so now I'm in senior high youth group which has about five or six kids a week if we're lucky and um, there have been a handful of weeks over the last six years where I'm the only kid who shows up so going to Kids Blitz has been really exciting uh, to show me um, how the church's kids and youth and outreach has grown uh, now that I've rambled on and on waste your time. Here's something for the show. Well, that wasn't for the show. Oh, well. Uh, You asked for summer camp stories two shows ago, but since I just started listening, I'm answering that now. We did the Power Labs VBS uh, this summer, you and everybody else, at my church, and um, there was this one girl, five years old, who was attending. She didn't talk much, 
So we would try talking to her and asking her questions uh, and try to get her comfortable with us. But the thing is, when you ask her a question, she gives you the answer to another question. For example, one of the volunteers asked her what her favorite color was, and her response was somewhere along the lines of getting hand-me-down clothes from her cousin. <laughs> even during nice. the, Wow. Even during the lessons and whatnot, she, we'd ask her, Emily, uh, what about you? In reference to whatever the topic was to try to get her involved. And she would give completely unrelated and irrelevant answers. As cute as and entertaining as it was... Uh, it wasn't as amazing as how on the last day everything started clicking toward the end of the lessons. She was making connections between our central focus and the activity she was we were doing, and, and we started finally getting it. And it was just amazing to see how that worked out. Uh, so that's my story and what I experienced in my children's ministry this summer, Nate. Yeah, it sounds like you had a special needs kid there, and it is awesome when you've learned to speak their language and learn how their brain works. That is amazing. What's even better is when your parents come in and tell you that ahead of time, so you don't have to figure it out. You just can start talking to them at the beginning. <laughs> I'm going to tell you what, though. I'm going to tell you what, Nate, if you're listening, it's always the kids that you don't think are listening. Yeah. Those are all of the those are the ones that you're going to see five years from now, and they're going to tell you word for word uh, some Bible study that you did in obscurity, and uh, <laughs> they got every word of it. Believe me. Oh man, there's a kid, Brandon. He he's in middle school now, but he was like he was terrible. He just uh, he was a great kid. He just never listened, never paid attention. We were lucky to keep him in the service, you know, not going down to Osco yeah. during service and stuff. I mean, he was a street kid. He lived in the neighborhood, little white dude. Um, he was a thug and a half. Uh, but he came in my office one time randomly during the week. His mom was doing counseling or something. He comes in. He says, you know, he says, I, I listen in church, even though you don't think I do. And I said, oh, really? Because I did. I, he was right. I didn't think he did at all because he's laying down. He's looking around, doing all kinds of stuff. And we had been talking about the fruits of the spirit. And he says, yeah, he says, I know the fruits of the spirit. And we'd been doing them for weeks, you know, a couple at a time, maybe one at a time. I said, oh, yeah. He says, yeah, love, joy, peace, patience, and the rest of them. That's the way he said it. <laughs> I was like, you know what? That's more than I thought you was going to get, dude. I didn't say that part out loud, but that was a blessing. And I was like, dude, I'm going to leave you alone from now on. And, uh, you know, in the big picture, it was about relationship with him anyway, because he still comes by every Sunday and sees me and I kick him out. So uh, here's some quick resources, uh, websites for kids. I may have mentioned these last time, but I want to mention them again. Uh, kidsapp.com. Um, if you're lo- there was something on CM Connect where they were talking about, is there any good websites for kids? You can actually create uh, a website for your children's ministry that has games and content and all that kind of stuff, and they customize Kidsapp to work for your church, like it's your own, uh, like it's your own website. Check it out at kidsapp.com. Um, is there a fee involved with that? Uh, I believe there is. It is not free, yeah. and that's why I don't do oh, okay. it. I don't do it. Right. <laughs> That's right. But there is a fee like for your entire church and it's like an unlimited amount of kids get on after you've done this one time fee. So it it's pretty cool. Kids app is also available on an individual basis. So anyway, I just want to make that available and let, and let you guys know they're not sponsoring the show in any way. They probably should. Uh, another one is um, witsin.org slash podcast. Uh, many of you guys know about the, um, what is it, Adventures in Odyssey. Well, they have a podcast out there. Somebody wanted me to share with you guys. If you go to www.witsend.org, that's W-H-I-T-S-E-N-D.org slash podcast. You can check that out. Also, uh, check out clubhousemagazine.com. I can't remember why I wrote that down, but I'm sure it's something cool. at Club. it's awesome. Is it? What is it? I have no idea. I <laughs> I don't know. Um, Oh, here's something I found out the other day. I may have mentioned this last show. Forgive me if I have. If you ever need a giant dice, like a giant dice, they sell perfectly square boxes at Walmart in the packing boxes. They fold flat. You can unpack them, and they're perfectly square. I've tried to make dice before out of foam and out of paperboard and all this stuff, but this perfectly square box works great. So I just wanted to pass that on to you, a small little tip. Uh, make sure you check out cmconnect.org. It's a free social network for children's ministry folks. It is like going to lunch uh, with children's pastors at a children's ministry conference. Notice I did not say like a children's ministry conference. Uh, I go to children's ministry conferences mostly to hang out with other children's pastors and swap stories. That's where I seem to get the most out of it. And that's what CM Connect is like. Hanging out with these folks is awesome. I I want you to go over there. Make me your friend. I'm on there. I'm James. And uh, you can go to the CM, uh, CM Monthly group under groups and join up and connect and talk yeah, with us there. I'm, I'm over there as well, but I haven't logged on in about a month. So. Oh, you have to make it work for you, buddy. Yeah. I go over there at least once a day. 
once a day. They have a thing on the front page that shows you the latest uh, forum posts. And I right. just go through, scan those, and respond my heart out. I'm one of the busiest members. If you go under members, I'm my picture is the first it. one there because I'm busy. I'm busy on that thing. <laughs> uh, oh, here's one more. Um, www.5amproductions.com. If you go over there, um, there's, there's this guy. I've become friends with him, uh, internet buddies. I'm going to have to have him on the show sometime. But um, they he makes uh, very cheap uh, – computer programs like scorekeepers and jeopardy and hangman and and all kinds of some of them are free but most of the rest of them are ten dollars and it's nothing it's cheap he's actually working on some other secret stuff we're working on together some secret stuff but uh i've done some work for him he's done some work for me he actually created our scorekeeper customized it for my church and he's selling that it's called scorekeeper 2 it's at 5M, 5amproductions.com. Go over there and check out what he's got. Uh, like I said, he's got some free stuff like a tic-tac-toe game that you play um, on a projector, on a computer projected up on the screen. Some of you guys might not have that. That's cool. But if you do, you got to check him out over there. And he that is totally unsolicited. He ain't giving me a dime for this. Um, we're going to get out of here. Austin, thanks, dude. It was good. Oh, my pleasure, man. Sorry I didn't let you talk more. <laughs> That's all right. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, check us out. CMMonthly.com. Email CMMonthly at gmail.com. Voicemail 206-600-5704. Tell somebody about this show and let us know. Remember to send us an email um, about if you want to win this uh, this prize, this Animation Factory 12 CD set of uh, animated clip art. And, uh, and don't forget about the podcast awards. Yeah, podcast awards. And give us an iTunes Shameless review. Plug. That would be awesome. Thanks, Austin. Appreciate it, dude. Peace out, peeps. Talk to you later.